When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, there is a game today, as Louis did mention uh, prior to the news. It's an important one too. Uh, the Eagles up against the Seahawks. That one uh, starts at quarter past two this afternoon. I'm sure the afternoon shows will keep you abreast of the situation there. Uh, important game uh, for uh, the Eagles, especially according to Louis. Uh, so week 15 of 18. So we really are at the business end of the competition. Uh, there were, and, and, Did you see the Raiders' charges scoreline? I thought it was a misprint. 63-21. Incredible scoreline. Uh, the Bengals uh, beat the Vikings in overtime by 27 to 24. The Colts beat the Steelers comfortably by 17, 30 points to 13. Uh, the Lions big win over the Broncos, 42 points to 17. The Saints pretty comfortable over the Giants, 24 points to six. The Browns edging the Bears, extraordinary finish in that one. We'll uh, talk about that uh, all going well shortly uh, by 20 points to 17. The Panthers um, in, a, in a 1960s throwback beat the uh, Falcons by. Uh, nine to seven. Uh, the Buccaneers are uh, thirty-four points to twenty winners over the Packers. Uh, the Dolphins are uh, a shutout against the Jets, thirty without loss at the end of that, that game. The Jets do look pretty sorry, don't they? Uh, the Chiefs twenty-seven seventeen winners over the Patriots. Uh, the Texans beat the Titans. Also, again, they went to overtime. Uh, field goal deciding at uh, 19 points to 16. Uh, the 49ers big win over the Cardinals, 45 to 29. Uh, the Rams, when we spoke to our man uh, Michael Duarte yesterday from NBC, he was at the ground and looked pretty comfortable for the Rams. They're up by 10 points to nil, uh, closing in on half time. But it was uh, a tight second half as the Commanders, 20 points in that second half. Uh, the Rams ended up uh, holding on 28 points to 20, while the Bills were too strong for the Cowboys, 31 points to 10. And the Ravens... Uh, beating the Jaguars by uh, 23 points to 7. How does that leave things? Uh, well, uh, the Dolphins leading the AFC East. The Chiefs um, also have a couple game advantage uh, leading uh, the AFC West. And uh, the Ravens are now 11-3 and three leading the North and the South. Uh, Jaguars uh, 8-6 and six holding on. It's a three-way tie. That is a fascinating uh, Conference in of itself. The Eagles and Cowboys both have 10 wins atop of the NFC East. Uh, the West, the uh, 49ers, the class team, 11 and 3. The Lions are 10 and 4. While the NFC South um, is odd. Uh, the Buccaneers and Saints, 7 each, 7 wins, 7 losses, and currently uh, tops. Uh, let's catch up with Michelle Steele out of ESPN who joins the program. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us. It's a busy time of the year for the NFL. The game's coming thick and fast. You don't know where to look. <laughs> Absolutely, Daniel. Only three games away from the end of the regular season for this 2023 NFL season. I can't believe it's gone so fast. And really one of the most head-scratching years of all time, I think, for the NFL. Yeah, why is that? Just elaborate on why, you, why you're finding yourself scratching your head vociferously. Well, first of all, look at the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I thought that the Chiefs would get their offense figured out at some point this season, but they really haven't. They've been uneven all year long. 
Patrick Mahomes has been trying to get the football to his receivers. They have been very good at being inconsistent at catching the football. You think that that was one of the most basic things that any receiver <laughs> would be able to do, obviously, right? They, that, that is their one job. Um, they lead the NFL in drops so far this year. And Kadarius Tony in particular, and I hate to pick on one guy because people can be uneven week to week, but Kadarius Tony has been unbelievably consistent at not being able to be either aligned correctly or, again, being bad with drops or deflecting the football last week and that leading to an interception. He has not been at the weapon that they had hoped for in Kansas City. So that's one of the big things. And the other big thing for the NFL this year is that a lot of the teams that you thought maybe uh, would be would be better or would make a run for it haven't. And a lot of the teams – uh, that you didn't think that maybe you counted out a little bit. I'm thinking about the Texans and CJ Stroud uh, have really, really made a little bit of a run here. So the NFL, you talk about parody all the time. And this is one of those years where we are seeing talent really even the playing field. So Michelle, where do you sit personally when you, when you judge the chiefs, you, you've outlined those issues they've had. Are you still waiting them waiting for them to break out and be the team you think they are? Or now at nine and five, it's like, that's enough time. They are who they are. (laughs) You know what? I think at this point they are who they are. I don't think that the receivers all of a sudden, it is a talent level issue. This team is fundamentally different with it without Tyreek Hill in the offense. Of course he is with Tua and the Dolphins right now. This team just has to sort of, make do they're still going to make a run for it they do have very high super bowl aspirations but this is just one of those years that patrick mahomes and andy reed are going to have to take on just a little bit more maybe than than they than they used to you know giselle bunchen famously said my husband cannot throw and catch the football well patrick (laughs) mahomes we know we know the magic of patrick mahomes he might have to figure that out this year because his receivers have been a little bit uh, of a liability. Now, to be fair, he does still have a Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, can we call him Mr. Taylor Swift yet? In uh, Travis Kelsey, he is very reliable. He is, of course, a top, top target um, for this offense. And that is great for the defending champions. But they are really good. Andy Reid is going to have to pull out, pull some rabbits out of the play calling hat. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be a little bit more improvisational. He's already improvisational. He might have to be even even more so as, as they make this playoff run. But I think, to your first question, they are who they are at this point. Yeah. Michelle, you got me thinking. It's Taylor Swift's fault. It's all the, all the attention uh, call, causing all these drop passes, right? It's the tight ends? Yes. You know, Taylor Swift. Surely we just blame Taylor Swift, right? That's, that's the easy way out. Oh, yeah. No, I, I am definitely not going to be targeted by the Swifties in this interview, Daniel. Uh, the, Swifties, the Swifties and the Bayhive are very powerful entities in society these days, and I will not be stepping into uh, that trap that you have laid for me. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit unfair. We've only we've only just you know spoken for the first time. That would be unfair to sever all relations. Uh, so early into uh, this yeah, yeah. relationship, I'd like—I'd love for you to paint the picture 
of the end of the Bears game and that last play. That looked absolutely hilariously weird and odd. Oh, no. I mean, they the Bears had a real chance. They had a real shot, Daniel, to upset this Cleveland Browns team on the road. And I remember watching the game, looking at the fourth quarter, the Bears were up 17-7. to And, you know, midway through the fourth quarter, you would think it's pretty over. But the Bears have been remarkably capable at showing different ways, different, different their fans, different ways to lose games this year. And they often happen, you know, this is not, I'm not breaking news here, but they often happen with these sort of excruciating finishes in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields has been virtually unable to close out close games in the fourth quarter. And this was another, now to be fair, he actually had a pretty good game yesterday and again, the receiver was the issue. He would have won that game if that Hail Mary pass had been a completion to Darnell Mooney. And perhaps we'd be talking about the playoffs in Chicago, but now the season is all but over. You know, that pass essentially deflected off his hands and turned into an interception, a little like what we saw Kadarius Tony do against the New England Patriots. But, you know, this Bears team is going to have to make some serious decisions about Matt Eberflus, the coach, and perhaps even the GM, Ryan Poles. You know, I have a colleague, Adam Schefter. He's our uh, crack insider here at ESPN. And he's saying that Eberflus is very much playing for his job. Now, he has a chance to turn things around. The defense is sort of getting back on track. But they haven't been able to develop a quarterback in Chicago in nearly 70 years that's that's a problem and uh justin fields doesn't look like the franchise quarterback that they want him to be not just yet and an an unbelievable fourth quarter collapse yesterday another one uh michelle let's talk about a a team that that has developed a quarterback uh the 49ers have clinched their division and look the real deal with the final pick of the 2022 draft mr irrelevant as we all know Brock Purdy looking very relevant, leading that team around the park. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I think that even Christian McCaffrey, uh, who is his teammate, of course, gave him an endorsement that he should be he should be MVP. Uh, Purdy, you know, Purdy has been a real surprise. Of course, last year they were going with Trey Lance. Early in the season, Trey Lance goes out and gets injured, and Brock Purdy comes in. And he has looked very, very good, really, since he has come in as a full-time starter uh, for the 49ers. Now, he has a phenomenal coach. He obviously has phenomenal weapons in Christian McCaffrey. But Brock Purdy has really turned the Niners into the team to beat in the NFL. And I really do think that he has, he absolutely has, the best chance of any quarter, certainly of any quarterback and perhaps any player to be MVP this year. And that's for good reason. It looks like the road to the NFL, to the Super Bowl, excuse me, is going to go through San Francisco um, for the second time, I think, in the last five years. I mean, you just have to, you have to just tip your cap to uh, his coach Shanahan and his weapons, but Brock Purdy has certainly been a big part of that as well. Yeah, his development has just been fast forward this season. I know he got some Rookie of the Year votes uh, in, in his first year. I, I just don't think anyone in their wildest dream 
expected them to blossom this quickly. But you, you say it's a real function of just a quality organization. Yeah, you know what? I had an NFL scout tell me, this was a number of years ago, this is before the Brock Purdy era, but he told me a few years ago that there are teams, there's about five teams in the NFL, he didn't tell me which ones, but you know, it, it would be perhaps easy to surmise just looking at the records, but he said there's about five teams in the NFL who are actively trying to win. <laughs> and the, the rest of those teams are sort of taking in the money that the NFL so generously shares with all the teams. And of course the money that it rakes in from games here domestically and international games as well. And those international games are growing. Uh, But he did mention one of those teams to me and he said, the Niners are one of those teams that professionals, you know, scouts like himself and coaches uh, consider to be one of those teams that actively try to win every year. And you have to give them credit for giving up on the Trey Lance, not, not giving up on the Trey Lance stream, but realizing that Trey Lance wasn't the answer. They realized that early on, and they went with somebody who was a better fit for the system. And, and look at now that he's, he's breaking records uh, for the team. He's putting together a historic year. And if you're a Niners fan, you're going to be pretty happy with the season, and hopefully for them it ends up with a championship. Let me guess, one of those teams the scout mentioned was the Patriots. Um, I'm not sure now. Uh, I'm not sure now we, we can say that about them. Yeah. Second to last overall. Are big changes coming? And I mean the, the biggest with BB? I, Do I, I utter his name? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Pelichick, of course. Um, I, I think so. The insiders who live in New England are very well-sourced, and they are reporting at this moment that Bill Belichick is is on the hot seat, and that's to be expected. Arguably, they are the worst team in the NFL this year, and this is not a guy who's going to get Bill Belichick. Listen, the number of championships that he's won in New England, the tenure that he's had there, Andy Reid, I just talked to Andy Reid this week. He called Bill Belichick the best coach in the National Football League. This is someone who, who has a legacy and who has earned not to be fired on Black Monday, so to speak, right? That Monday right yeah. after the end of the regular season where all the coaches who are on the hot seat are summarily dismissed. He's not going to be a, a Black Monday firing, but there are rumblings that there is a retirement coming. There's a There, there are rumblings among very well-sourced insiders that it's going to be that kind of departure from New England. Uh, Perhaps it'll be a statement where both sides say it was mutual, that kind of thing. Um, But Robert Kraft wants to win, and as much respect as he has for Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's teams used to be very, very well coached. They did not used to beat themselves. And we are seeing a poorly coached team that regularly gets in its own way this season. Very, very uncharacteristic. And it's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough. I, I have a hard time seeing him come back another season, but, but we'll see. He has a long tenure in New England. 
Michelle Steele from ESPN is with us. A couple more, Michelle, before I let you go, and thank you so much for your generosity of time, but I need to uh, welcome in my co-host, Louis Herman White, because this topic really is his world. Do you, do you want to ask the questions yourself, Louis? Yeah, I uh, kind of, I really do. He, well, I just, he, somebody needs he's, to bring he's it gushing, up. He's gushing uh, about this. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle, I, I re-watched The Sopranos uh, this earlier this year. Obviously, <laughs> one of... One of the, pound for pound, maybe the greatest TV series of all time. I don't know if you'd agree. But um, look, Tommy DeVito, <laughs> his agent, the, the pinstripes, the turtlenecks, the cutlets, New York, New York. Can you, just, can you not just imagine, um, you know, like Tommy DeVito as a legitimate character in The Sopranos? And, and you know, nothing on, untoward, but maybe the, the son... The, <laughs> The sun, the, the I don't know. I just it's just, everything is my favorite about this is my favorite story in sports at the moment, and I know you have a wee bit to do with it, or you've uh, you've covered it a little bit already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually talked to his agent last week, and this is not a story that I pitched to ESPN myself. This is a story that took on a life of its own. There's so much mania over Tommy DeVito now. Of course, he has the blessing or perhaps the curse after. Sunday's game against New Orleans to be based in New York. There are a lot of Italian Americans, of course, the Sopranos who are in the New York, New Jersey area. There's a, that's also where a lot of media companies are based. So anybody that can win in New York, you're going to get 10 times or maybe 20 times the number of interviews, the number of reports that are about you. So ESPN approached me and said, we got to do something on this guy. So got on the phone right away, called up Tommy DeVito's agent, who became a meme on Monday Night Football with a three-piece suit. (laughs) He had some sort of fedora on. I do think that he's a little bit of a throwback. I feel like the Sopranos were known for mainly wearing track suits. (laughs) I I don't remember many of the the mafiosos on the Sopranos wearing, like, three-piece suits all the time, but this guy had the full get-up on. Uh, and it's real, by the way. Sean Stellato is his agent's name. He just got inducted into the National Italian-American Hall of Fame in Chicago. He, he, it's not a bit. He really does sort of talk that way and look that way, and his fashion choices are his real choices. But Tommy DeVito, boy, what a uh, what a story! Unfortunately, it came to a screeching halt on it Sunday. No, It's just so you know. You guys can still do the uh, Italian gesture that he does, that little sort of finger purse. Um, you guys can still do it when the Giants take the field on Christmas against the Eagles. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'll tell you what, I'm sure the Eagles players will be doing it at Tommy DeVito, assuming he's starting next week, uh, to kind of jab him. No, but it was, it was a great story for the NFL and certainly for the New Jersey area while it lasted. But you know what? Defensive coordinators around the National Football League figured Tommy DeVito. They figured out his gabagool, as they say. <laughs> and uh, they, they watched the tape. They watched the tape and they realized, you know what? We could take care of this guy. And they did. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I'm with you on the fashion. It's more Godfather 2, Louis, than, than Sopranos. S- it's definitely more, it's totally. definitely more Godfather 2. It's too, Goodfellas. You know. It's Goodfellas. Yes. It's Godfather. Yes. Right? What a movie. What a movie. Good, Goodfellas. All right, lastly, 
Aaron Rodgers in the NFL before the end of the season. Is this really a thing? So I spoke to an orthopedic surgeon at the beginning of the year, week one, when Aaron Rodgers uh, blew out his ACL. And I asked if Aaron Rodgers could come back this season. And guys, I, I couldn't use the full quote on TV because he laughed so much that it distorted the audio on his microphone. <laughs> Like this guy did not think for a second that a 40 year old quarterback who blew out his ACL week one would be able to be back within three months. And I think he's right. The jets have eliminated themselves from the, from playoff contention. There is no need to have Aaron Rodgers out there running for his life with that behind that offensive line. The team isn't going to do anything this year. There is no need to put his health more at risk. In fact, I think if he was here and fully healthy, I still think the Jets would have a difficult run of it. So I don't think we're going to see him. I think Aaron Rodgers needs the motivation of thinking he could be back and he is cleared to practice. But I, I hope that the better angels prevail. I hope that some rational, rational people, rational minds prevail in the Jets facility, no need to bring Aaron Rodgers back. Give him the off season, and let's see what happens next year. Yeah, well, have him eat some gobble pool, off- and let's see what happens next year. <laughs> exactly. Let, let him go off and podcast <laughs> at nauseam in the off season, and, and, and tell everyone why oh, he was right, God. they were wrong, and he should have. He should have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michelle, it's been a real treat having you on the show. Thank you so so very much. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime soon in the new year. But uh, to you and yours, uh, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from us in New Zealand. We appreciate it. You too. Thanks so much for having me on.